Teachings that do not speak of pain have no meaning, because humankind cannot gain anything without first giving something in return. In alchemy, to obtain something, something of equal value must be lost. This is Equivalent Exchange. Welcome to Equivalent Exchange, a podcast about Fullmetal Alchemist by Hiromu Arakawa. I'm Kayla. I'm Ellen. And I'm Kazum. And today we're discussing chapters 84 and 85. Woo! Yeah! <laughs> Yay. We're trucking along toward the end here. Mm-hmm. Don't be too sad. I'm not sad. I'm hopeful. <laughs> I've forgotten a lot of what happens between, like, now and, like, the grand finale. Mm-hmm. There was a lot that was like, oh, yeah, they, oh, and the, oh, oh, and this. <laughs> yeah, it starts so. to be just, like, like thing after thing after thing at this mm-hmm. point in the series. So. Yeah. Yeah, there really It'll wasn't, like, a, a break. Like, you know, like, mm-hmm. normally there's, like, a part where it's like, oh, everybody's chatting or, like, whatever. It was, like, thing after thing after thing this time, mm-hmm. I feel like. It's, like, first there's, I don't even remember what happened first. First there's Winry. Then there's, like, that was kind of the break. And then there was, like, yeah. stuff with Hohenheim. Mm-hmm. And there then the stuff with Al at the end is, like, just one thing after another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the and the military crap. That also happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And was intense, too. So. Mm-hmm. Every couple pages, I was like, oh, shit, basically, <laughs> is, is what happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do our usual thing, do our summary recap, and then uh, discuss all the thing after thing that happened. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so chapter 84 opens with a time skip. Gasp. Whoa. But only a couple months. <laughs> yes. It's spring now, and Resin Bowl is celebrating its annual shoot festival. Our old friends, the train station workers, are discussing how fun it looks when a military train rolls into the station. Those sheep look fluffy. It looks fun. Mm-hmm. Well, they're talking about getting, like, lamb chops and stuff, too. Yeah, so. yeah, that that upset me a little bit. <laughs> Why? I, I don't, I mean... It's so cheaper for. Yeah, sheep are yeah, for hugging and for eating. <laughs> I love lamb chops, but... That's how farm animals work. You get attached to them, and you hug them, and then you eat them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. Mm-hmm. Lamb chops are really good. Yeah, oh, yeah. right. No, I feel like having grilled lamb at a festival would be like the best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People like raise them anyway. Whatever. I feel like we're already diverting. You're literally two <laughs> sentences in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's Miles and the Briggs troops on their way to the East Area training grounds. They had intended to pass through without stopping, but their engine is having trouble, and they need to refill their water supply. So the men unload the empty tanks. Two of the men, however, cart their tank a little farther, all the way to the Rockbell residence. One of them tries the door, then returns to report that it's locked and no one seems to be home. The other man takes the lid off the tank. Here we are, miss, he says, and out pops Winry. Yay, it's Winry. (laughs) Yay. She thanks the soldiers for helping her get back, then says that Granny must be at the festival, but they can get in through the back door. Though a suspicious, shadowy figure watches them from an upstairs window as they enter the house. It's pride. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) all shadows are pride. I mean, that's how I feel. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably how Riza feels. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Inside, Winry indicates the basement as a good place to stay hidden, then heads upstairs to her own room to get changed. She's halfway through pulling her shirt over her head when she realizes she's not alone in the room, as Ed sits in the corner, staring at her in shock, a sandwich halfway (laughs) to his mouth. (laughs) I enjoy his face very much. Yeah. (laughs) They both scream, which summons first the Briggs soldiers, drawing guns to protect Winry, then Ed's Camara buddies, who point their weapons at the soldiers. Then comes Den, who bites Uncle on the butt, and then Greed, who grabs the dog by the collar and asks what's going on. <laughs> Ed and Winry watch the ensuing chaos as everyone shouts accusations at each other, until Winry eventually gets frustrated enough to yell, This is a lady's bedroom, now get out! <laughs> and enforces that command with a swing of her trusty wrench. 
Like how Ed's sitting there chomping <laughs> on a sandwich while she's yeah. yelling too. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing will keep Ed from uh, finishing his meal. <laughs> Mm-hmm. She then turns to glare at Ed, who flinches, but she just quietly says, I was so worried. S- sorry, Ed says. I'm glad you're safe, too. But that doesn't excuse you for trespassing in my bedroom. <laughs> Winry wields the wrench once more, as Ed wails that his intentions were pure. Her room is just the best place to watch for intruders. <laughs> These hilarious hijinks finally come to an end as Panako comes upstairs. Well, what do we have here? More scruffy-looking freeloaders, she says as she walks by the crowd in the hallway. But she stops when she reaches the bedroom. Winry, she says, then smiles and sighs with relief. So, you're safe. I'm home, Winry says. I'm sorry I made you worry. The Briggs soldiers introduce themselves and explain that they were assigned to guard Winry, and Ed explains that Panako has been letting his group hide out there for a little while. Winry glances over at them. Ling seems different somehow. Ed grimaces slightly. Oh, uh, I guess I haven't told you yet. I'm Greed, Greed cuts in with a grin. Pleased to meet you. <laughs> Winry is understandably confused. <laughs> a little while later, everyone is gathered around to trade stories, and Greed wraps up with, and now these guys are my minions. <laughs> Winry asks why they came here instead of Central, and Greed says that they need to get Ed's automail tuned up, since he needs his minions in tip-top shape. <laughs> Panako tells Winry that she ought to take care of that. You're the one who made his automail, so I can't do any of the fine-tuning. Winry updates Ed on what she and Al have been up to while she works on his automail, about Lior rebuilding, that Al went along with Miles as an alchemy expert who understands the situation, and that Hohenheim went ahead to Central on his own and is staying in the Kanama slums outside of town. You should go there and talk to him, she adds as she finishes up with his arm. Then she asks if Ed has heard anything about this promise day. Yeah, Greed told me about it, Ed says, frowning. It's the day when we have the best chance to get our original bodies back, but it could just as easily be the day that disaster takes this country. Ed sits thinking about this for a moment, while Winry cleans up her workstation. After a long silence, he says, Hey, take Granny and Den, and escape to another country. Winry, to put it mildly, reacts badly to that suggestion. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean, escape? Do you plan on only helping your close friends? She shouts. Instead of worrying about us, shouldn't you be figuring out how to keep those creeps from destroying Amestris? Of course I'm going to stop them, Ed shouts back, but there might be a thousand and one chance that I'll fail. I don't care if it's a thousand to one or a million to one. Winry's scolding suddenly becomes more of a plea. Stop their plan from succeeding and protect this country. After that, come back safely with Al and your original bodies. I'll do anything to help make that happen. Ed is clearly startled by this desperate insistence, and he stares at her grumpily for a minute. You make it sound so easy, he grumps. What? It's not like you to have so little confidence, Winry begins. But Ed interrupts, griping, you talk too much, as he slumps moodily out of the room. He runs into Greed in the hallway, who is clearly listening in. He grins. Nice girl. Wants it all and not afraid to ask for it. Nothing good ever comes from asking for too much, Ed says, waving his automail arm. See, I wanted to bring back the dead, and look what happened to me. Greed scoffs at that idea. I want to bring back the dead. I want money. I want women. I want to protect this world. These thoughts all come from the same place, our id. In other words, they're our truest desires. The way I see it, greed is no different from hope. You don't see much of a problem with hope, do you? The problem is, you humans are always trying to apply a hierarchy to greed. What's noble to desire, what's taboo, it's all good. You got a pretty warped view of ethics, Ed grumbles. As night falls, greed and his lackeys prepare to head out, explaining that it's better for them to travel under the cover of darkness. Ed thanks Winry and Panako for their help, and Winry tells him he should go and listen to what his dad has to say. Yeah, yeah, he agrees vaguely as he turns and waves goodbye, and you need to keep yourself safe. 
He pauses and turns back to smile at Winry. I'll take care of everything on the promised day and come back in one piece, so bake an apple pie and wait for us. Winry looks surprised, then happily promises to do so. Back in Lior, Gerso and Zampano, and Yoki, have apparently mm -hmm. been hanging around continuing to help with the rebuilding, though they anxiously complain that they should be doing something else with the promised day stuff coming up. They head over to the restaurant to grab something to eat, and are surprised to find Marco and Scar sitting at the counter. Marco greets them pretty casually, with an apology for keeping them waiting for so long, but Gerso and Zampano hurry to gather up their things and hustle them all out of town. We're going to Central City, Gerso explains. You need to meet Ed and Al's father. I'll give you the details on the way. Later, as they walk down a wooded trail, Gerso and Zampano comment on the oddness of this group of ex-military men and the notorious Ishvalan serial killer Scar, all now working together to try and save a mistress. Don't misunderstand me, Scar says. I'm not trying to save this country. I'm trying to change it. This country, which has taken so many Ishvalan lives, must be made to acknowledge our right to exist. Another voice chimes in to conclude his statement. In order to change the world, you must first change yourself. Isn't that right, Scar? It's Scar's old master, who steps out from among the trees, along with several other Ishvalans. Gerso and Zampano are surprised, but Marco says, You didn't think all our months of wandering were in vain, did you? They, too, are allies who share our cause. Out east, the northern and eastern troops have finally gathered together for their joint training. General Grumman and the officer who took Olivier's place ride down the rows of soldiers, complimenting each other on their well-trained troops. Miles steps forward to salute and greet Grumman, who dismounts from his horse and cheerfully says how glad he is that the training was in his area this time, as the north is far too cold for an old man like him. <laughs> Miles and a couple other Briggs soldiers politely laugh, while thinking to themselves that Grumman never comes up north for the training anyway. <laughs> Miles walks with Grumman for a bit, discussing the upcoming exercises, and when they're far enough from the crowds, they lean in to confirm in quiet tones that all preparations on both sides have been completed. But there is one small problem, Grumman says, and he gestures toward the observation tower over the training grounds, where Fear Bradley stands watching them all. Miles comments that he expected them to send someone to keep an eye on things, since the training is so close to the promised day, but Bradley himself is a surprise. Certainly throws a wrench in things, doesn't it? Grumman looks up at the setting sun. Well, I guess we'll have to figure something out. The sun gleams off his bald head. Mm -hmm. It's like Arakawa took time to draw that in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> As night falls, we transition over to the nearby train yard, where Al is hiding out between the crates on one of the cars. He's having another blackout moment, feeling like his soul is being pulled toward his body beyond the doors of truth. As he comes back to himself, he shakily steps out into the moonlight, thinking that he has to get his body back soon. Before he can get very far, an unfortunately familiar voice calls out, I smell him! I smell him! I smell the full metal alchemist's brother! Gluttony grins down at him from atop a gate, drool dripping from his mouth. He lunges for Al, who tries to make a run for it, worried about fighting while his connection to his own body is so unreliable. What should I do? He wonders frantically. Should I try to destroy its Philosopher's Stone like Marco did? I was too careless. Not only did they send the Fuhrer, but they've also sent another homunculus. I need to warn everyone right away. But as Al reaches the pool of light cast by one of the train yard's lamps, his shadow suddenly comes to life, huge eyes glaring as dark tendrils reach for Al and tangle around his body. He tries to struggle and pull away, but his consciousness starts to fade again, and he staggers. Why did this have to happen now? He mumbles, as he falls to his knees, then collapses to the ground. Sitting atop Gluttony's shoulder, Pride smiles menacingly as his shadows pull Al's body closer. They creep into the gap beneath the helmet and draw ominously closer to the blood seal within. And that's the end of chapter 84. No! no. I'm not okay with this. <laughs> I love it, but I'm not okay with it. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. 
I love the panel where he steps into the light and his shadow is just full of the eyes and stuff. Yeah. It's so horrifying. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of zoops, just saying. Yes. Yes, there are. That's what my shadow sounds like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the one that you can control with your your powers or whatever? (laughs) Yeah, of course. Doesn't yours? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Got some lady to watch her next time we see her. Was it Peter Pan whose shadow would like fight him? Try to get away or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't seen Peter Pan in such a long time. Yeah, Wendy had to sew it back to the bottom of his feet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that would probably hurt for the shadow, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would hurt the shadow? I mean, it's a living thing, apparently. Apparently, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. Wart's more living than his shoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gluttony is back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's kind of nice after seeing him, you know, so sadly defeated, but then he's back and you're like, oh, no, that's not Yeah, good. right, exactly. It was more like, oh. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm not going to say that I'm disappointed, but I was kind of like. Yeah, you're kind of like, oh, no. Oh, hey, Gluttony's back. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I was like, oh, drool, which first of all is disgusting. And then yeah. I was like, oh, no. Oh, it's Gluttony. Oh, oh. <laughs> you know, it was just. It's kind of like when Kimberly showed up with Winry, and you're like, wait, no, wait, no, yeah. wait, Winry? Like, <laughs> I can't tell what emotion I should be feeling. <laughs> Chapter 85 opens back at the Armstrong Manor, where Olivier has come to check on the repairs being done. The man in charge assures her that it should all be done by tomorrow. Then that's what happened to cause all this damage anyway. A family quarrel, nothing more. <laughs> I'm surprised they actually repaired it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, hey, there's a like a manga that's actually following up on something, you know, it. sequentially. They didn't mm-hmm. just return and then it got fixed randomly or whatever. Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of returning to broken things so that they can fix them. Mm-hmm. Was it twice in Rush Valley that he had to do that? Yeah. Uh, I think there was a couple other places. Yeah, and then Ed went and fixed the stuff and mm. fixed the that's stuff true. after uh, the fight with Scar. And... Right. Mm-hmm. Made that lady's uh, balcony. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Skulls That's and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> After they got out of the greed or the gluttony void. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Out on the street, a couple of ladies gossip about the situation. She forced her parents out of their own home. She always was a cold one, that Olivier. But now there's no one left in the house. What's the point of taking over as head of the house if the mansion's just an empty box? Oh, I never realized that they made the same comparison. I just never realized that they made the same empty box comparison with the mansion and the uh, HQ room later on. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Back inside, Olivier receives a guest, though not one she's particularly happy to see. (laughs) Hello, Major General, Roy says, and she scowls at him. Don't expect me to offer you a chair and a cup of tea. (laughs) Roy takes that rejection in stride and walks out into the front garden with her. He looks back at the huge house and comments, The Armstrong family is great indeed. The size of this mansion is incredible. A company of troops. No, even a battalion might fit in there. Since you like it so much, if something happens to me, I want you to have it, Olivier says. After all, this mansion won't fit inside a coffin. Roy asks if she wouldn't prefer to leave it to her brother, but she says that she very slightly prefers Roy. (laughs) (laughs) I enjoyed that line very much. Yeah. (laughs) Such a sin. Such a sin. Like a sindari. Oh, I was like, what are you saying? <laughs> I, I think she's all soon. <laughs> yeah, all soon, no day. I'm honored by your trust, no matter how slight, Roy says. 
He hands her the small bouquet of hyacinths he's been carrying, saying it's a gift to celebrate her becoming head of the Armstrong family. You've told me before that there are many good flower shops in Central City, she comments, as they pause near a small fire that the gardeners are tending. Tucked in the flowers is a scrap of paper with the Salem Bradley as a homunculus message, which she reads without any change of expression. Do you know what the hyacinth symbolizes? Roy asks with a grin. Gentle charm. Olivia irritably chucks the flowers, and conveniently the note as well, into the fire, and Roy laughs as he walks away. <clears throat> Suffered the same note, uh, fate as the first note. Yeah, really. <laughs> will all notes be burned? <laughs> when will the burning stop? <laughs> I love how it's such a good little like play-acting thing with them. <laughs> like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I like how Roy is like, you could fit a whole company <laughs> yeah. in here. Wink. Wink. Mm. <laughs> 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 anyway <laughs> back out east the joint training is going well a little too well in Bradley's view as he wonders what Grumman is plotting to answer that we cut over to Grumman who also complains about how boring this is and suggests they should just blow up the building Bradley is in and be done with it <laughs> please don't sir Miles says <laughs> a soldier sticks his head in the command tent and calls Miles over letting him know that they've been unable to locate Alphonse Elric could he have been captured by Bradley's men he wouldn't let himself be so easily captured. Continue the search. Up in the observation tower, Bradley gets his own update from our old friend General Hakuro, or Calcro, or whatever. <laughs> you know, whatevs. <laughs> that guy. That guy. The guy with the hole in his ear. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he has something important to tell the Fuhrer about General Grumman. Bradley cuts him off to say that he's already foreseen him staging a coup using the troops here, but Hakuro claims that the joint training is all a diversion. While Central City is weakened by your absence, he plans to use the remnants of these fallen survivors to conduct acts of terrorism within the city. But that is also a diversion. His true plan is to use the confusion caused by the terrorists as an excuse to cooperate with Mustang in order to seize control of Central City headquarters. Bradley considers this information stoically, then leaves Hakuro waiting while his men dig up information on the claims. They verify for Bradley that Hakuro is no friend to either Grumman or Mustang and that there have indeed been reports of many Ishvalan refugees moving into the areas around Central over the last few days. Bradley looks out the window and down at the command tent, where Grumman is still looking bored and harmless as he seemingly ignores everything going on around him. I'm returning to Central City, Bradley decides. Manage things here in the East for me. A little later, Bradley and a few of his subordinates have boarded a military train to head back to Central. The subordinates are griping about how much trouble Mustang has been, when the train suddenly comes to a stop as they're crossing a bridge. One of the train crew gets out and walks back to their car to let them know the cause of the delay, a flock of sheep on the tracks. The soldiers settle back in, complaining about traveling through rural areas, when the engine car suddenly detaches from the train and continues on, leaving them stranded on the bridge. They barely have time to go, what the hell, they've left us behind, before the explosives strapped to the underside of the bridge are detonated, sending the train cars flying and then plummeting into the water far below. In the woods nearby, a man reports, the sheep on the tracks have been eliminated. I will now proceed to Central City as planned. It's one of the men who served under Roy during the Ishvalan War, and he's not alone. Several others from that unit emerge from the woods to join him as they head toward Central. They discuss the last time they all served together, and how this time they're hoping to stop the war before it begins. Back at the training grounds, Bradley's men receive news of the attack on their leader. The one in charge tells him to keep searching for survivors, then turns to glare at Hakuro. You've been played, he tells him. Down in the command tent, Grumman also receives the news. The train the Fira was on? How awful, he says. It must have been the Sishvalan terrorist. Oh, that's really scary. <laughs> Elsewhere, another group of Roy's former subordinates is also reuniting. Riza readies her weapons and says, 
The Fuhrer is away. Salem Bradley has gone with his father, which means now is the only time we'll have to make our move. Let's go, Second Lieutenant Breda, Master Sergeant Fury. Breda grins. We have no rank now, ma'am. We're deserters. And Fury sighs that their future is looking pretty bleak. <laughs> Riza smiles. I'm sure the colonel will take responsibility for everything. Meanwhile, at HQ, the higher-ups are all having a bit of a freakout over the whole missing, possibly dead Fuhrer situation. Olivier watches them all panic and bicker with silent disdain, thinking that with both the Fuhrer and Salem gone, and everyone else so confused and scared, the room might as well be empty. She eyes up the vacant seat at the table's head. Now's my chance to make a move. Before she can do more than consider that, however, a more menacing presence makes itself known, as Father enters the room right behind her, along with Sloth. Father places a hand on Olivier's shoulder, and she looks like she's just barely holding up her stoic expression. Everyone calm down, he says. I have Central City under control. On the outskirts of the city, Ed and his group have arrived at the Kanama slum, and the people there point them to Hohenheim. Mr. H, you have a visitor, one of the locals calls out, and Hohenheim turns to see Ed. He stands up. So you've come, Ed, what he begins to say before Ed punches him right in the face. <laughs> He did it, guys. He achieved it. It happened. <laughs> His dream came true. <laughs> you know a dream is a wish your heart makes. <laughs> I feel so much better now, Ed says, while Hohenheim <laughs> complains that he didn't have to use his automail alarm. <laughs> he then notices Ed's companions and asks if they're his friends, and Greed quickly corrects that he's Ed's boss. Thank you so much for looking after my son, Hohenheim says. <laughs> No problem. The cocky brat does need a firm hand, doesn't he? Greed replies, <laughs> while Ed gives an offended squawk in the background. <laughs> Hohenheim also quickly takes note of Greed's Ouroboros tattoo. Greed holds up his hand. Oh, this? I guess there's no point in hiding it. Don't try to hide anything from us either, old man. Hohenheim hesitates for a moment, taking in the group that has accompanied his son, then lowers his head. All right, I'll tell you everything. We cut to them all sitting around a fire as that story comes to its end, and Ed is staring in shock. No way, he mutters, putting a hand to his head. Hohenheim gestures to himself. Here's the Philosopher's Stone you've been searching for. Will you use it? Are you nuts? Ed says immediately. It's made from the lives of innocent people. Al and I lost our bodies through our own mistake. It would be wrong for us to use their lives to fix ours. Hohenheim smiles. I'm glad to hear you say that. Will you help me to stop his plans? Don't get the wrong idea, Ed says irritably. I don't need to join with you to stop him. The only reason I'm listening to you is because, for now, allying with you seems like a good way to increase our chances of winning. Hohenheim continues smiling calmly. All right, whatever your motivations, it's good to know we'll be doing this together. He gets up and tells everyone they should get something to eat and rest for now, and starts to head off. Ed suddenly remembers a promise he made a while back and calls out to him. Oh, hey, Granny Panaco asked me to give you Mom's last words. She said... Sorry I couldn't keep my promise. I'm going first. Hohenheim, hearing these words, immediately begins to weep, tears streaming down his face. Ed is 100% not emotionally equipped to handle this. <laughs> <laughs> he stutters out that a grown man shouldn't cry like that, and Hohenheim mumbles an apology, wiping at his eyes. Ed then immediately decides to bail. I've given you the message. We're cool, right? I'm going to go get some grub. Later, he calls, <laughs> bolting away. <laughs> That's how I feel every time I have an emotional confrontation with someone, <laughs> in general. <laughs> it's like, okay, we're good, bye. Bye. <laughs> oh, Hohenheim. Mm -hmm. That's such an emotional image, him like crying like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To, to be honest, I wasn't emotionally equipped to handle that either. Yeah, <laughs> I know. 
Because Ed is like, oh, by the way, this thing. And then you flip the page and he's like sobbing. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. no. Not Hotheim. Yeah. The panel of him like like holding his glasses while trying to like rub at his eyes is like really... I don't know, really gets to mm-hmm. me for some reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been there, done that. I mean... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hohenheim slumps back down to sit by the fire. Yes, you went on without me, he says quietly. We weren't able to grow old and die together, but you still believe that I would come and join you later. He stares into the flickering flames. I'll be with you soon, Trisha. At the nearby restaurant, Ed, Darius, and Heinkel eat some dinner, with Darius and Heinkel hassling Ed about how he should be a little nicer to his dad. He seems like a good guy, so he must have had his reasons. Why not listen to him? (laughs) Ah, just shut up. I got my reasons too, Ed shouts. Like what? It's probably just some ridiculous grudge. Ed grumbles with annoyance, but quickly gets distracted by a stall nearby selling fabric. He dashes over to buy a bunch of red cloth, which he quickly transmutes into a new copy of his signature red coat. You gotta wear tacky clothes like that again? Why does it have to be red? (laughs) (laughs) It makes me look strong, Ed declares, and kind of gets my blood going. (laughs) He grows suddenly serious for a moment and adds, This is probably going to be our last battle, so I wanted to make sure I was prepared. As they head back, Ed asks if Darius and Heinkel don't want to leave them and try to get out of the country before things heat up. The greed points out that he's in charge of them now. (laughs) And he wonders if they're also sticking around because they want to get their original bodies back, like Gerso and Zampano. They're actually pretty ambivalent on this idea. These bodies are pretty useful, and they don't mind keeping them. As for why they're staying, they don't really have anywhere else to go. And my animal instincts tell me that it's better for us to stay with you. And then ask Greed why he's here. Didn't you say that you wanted to escape from the homunculi? You want to know why I returned to Central City? Greed turns and grins. I'm not telling. (sighs) (laughs) I thought he was just being facetious. You sound so annoyed and sad and upset. I just think he's mysterious and cool. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that he's kakui? Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. (laughs) You think he's micha micha kakui? Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. All right. Bowie, you too? Yeah, Bowie thinks he's cockily. <laughs> Ed is confused and annoyed by that non-response, and distracted enough that he runs into Heinkel when he stops dead in front of him. He starts to ask what's up when he sees for himself. Al, standing right at the tree line. Ed eagerly starts forward. Al? Man, am I glad to see you again. It's good to see you safe, big brother, Al replies stiffly. Wait, weren't you traveling with Major Miles? Are they alright? Ed asks, while behind him, Greed suddenly flinches. Al doesn't answer his question, instead saying, Big brother, there's something I want to show you. Can you come with me for a second? And he turns to head deeper into the shadows. Ed is a little confused, but starts to follow along, though he pauses after a few steps. Al, is something wrong? Why do you ask? It's just a feeling. Ed, Ling's voice suddenly calls out. He clutches at his face, trembling, as he says, Get away from him! He's a... It's a... Wisps of shadows start to leak from Al's armor, and the darkness at his feet suddenly explodes into sharp spikes that lash out at the group. Ed leaps back, and Pride finally drops the act. So, Greed, I see you've gone over to their side. Not only that, but you've allowed a human to take over your body, he taunts. His shadows now emerge from every crack in Al's armor, his many sinister eyes glaring out from within the helmet. Your soul is too weak, he shouts. And that's the end of chapter 85. Wow. I don't like evil Al. (laughs) Yeah. It is a very cool image, though, with Mm -hmm. the eyes and the mouth. so good. I like the little wisp of shadow that pops out of the crack between his like elbow, like in his elbow joint, right mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. like the big reveal. Yeah, so good. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, it's a real freaky, cool image. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It also reminds me of the like possessed emote from Animal Crossing. <laughs> 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 You're like, not like that. <laughs> or whatever it's called, haunt, not possessed. <laughs> That's how I envisioned it, but... <laughs> Wow, those are some chapters. Dang. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that chapter is called. On. That chapter is called the empty box. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, and I didn't realize it because I read the cha- I read the uh, chapter title first, and then I read that line. I was like, oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's got a double meaning. And Olivier said that, like, referenced mm-hmm. it again mm-hmm. when uh, she was like, "Everybody's gone. Like the yeah. fear is gone." Yeah. Yeah, I first box. interpreted the title as referring to the, the HQ room, but then mm. I, when mm. I read that line, I was like, oh, they use that here, too. Yeah, I I, I thought it referred to Al, but it's probably mm-hmm. all three. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because they're all interconnected, it's like, mm-hmm. with them gone, it's with with greed, you know, with greed, wow, with pride and wrath gone, Central is like an empty box, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Al is like an empty box that pride <clears throat> can then go into, so they're all, you know, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It amazes me how writers can just put everything like together so close in like mm-hmm. in uh in the story and like I don't know. I just I can't fathom trying to put something together like that. Mm-hmm. It's called and good the writing. It would take. Yeah. yeah well, cool. how how do you do that? Practice. <laughs> yeah, I Question guess. Mark? Mm-hmm. It is it is it's... skillful though. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is pretty impressive too, because this is like her first long series, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's like one of the most tightly plotted mm-hmm. series I'm aware of. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, they did quite ask us on the podcast if we thought that FMA was the greatest of all time, and we were like, <laughs> yeah. kinda, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> basically, yeah, we're like, it's mm-hmm. pretty damn good. <laughs> I just struggled to answer the question because I think there's like good things in different genres. Yeah, but it's definitely yeah. for sure one of the best mangas if not one of the best stories best tightly crafted stories i would say Mm -hmm. that i've read yeah or watched or whatever you know Mm. i have an important question about these chapters Mm -hmm. yes is ed taller yes he's taller than winry Mm -hmm. he's so tall Uh, he wasn't taller than (laughs) i was like oh my god look how tall he is he's like a whole inch taller two inches Mm -hmm. taller (laughs) did he finally start drinking milk during the short time skip (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, I like how they like they both look kind of a little more mature. They like, look older, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, a little bit older. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that pan- that panel where they're like glaring at each other, you're like, oh my god, <laughs> he's taller. I was like, wow, mm-hmm. I'm distracted by the fact that he's tall to mm-hmm. be caring about the romance right now. <laughs> <laughs> Although that was also important, but mm-hmm. yeah, he's tall, and Winry looks tall. You're right, Winry looks older too. They both look more yeah. mature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to tell. Like sometimes, actually, you know, Kasum, you're you are impressed by skilled writing. I'm impressed by like when artists have a series like this where they slowly characters like slowly change. Yeah. And you like don't even notice and then you're like, oh my God, when did you get so tall? And then you look mm-hmm. back and it's like, oh it's been happening just very slowly. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Anyway, I was like, yay, that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter, but it's cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like even before the time skip, if you like flip back to the like early chapters, it's like they all mm. look a little they look older. older. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ed looks taller even when he's when they uh like at the doctor last time and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. I I thought that too. I just wasn't sure if that was like cuz he was on different clothes or something, mm-hmm. you know. He just you know, no, he looks out of his little, element. I don't know. His face looks a little his head looks different. 
Yeah, he's not as uh, round. <laughs> yeah, has mm-hmm. like a longer face like Hohenheim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to look so much like Hohenheim when he gets older. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. He's going to hate it. <laughs> spoiler, spoiler, he gets older. No, you can't spoil that for us. <laughs> I mean, we hope. <laughs> <laughs> he's... <laughs> He's. I'm. They're gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> That's the end of Fullmetal Alchemist. Everyone's dead. The, the end. <laughs> I mean, Hohenheim might die based on what he was saying. He's like, "I'll mm-hmm. be with you soon, Trisha." And it's like, "Uh, I don't know mm-hmm. if that's okay, but maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll use all his powers to save a mistress, mm-hmm. like some kind of sailor scout." Yes. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that was his goal to die. <laughs> to- mm-hmm. Maybe not yeah. immediately, but it was his it was it, goal. You're, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I just never thought about it that way. Yeah. It's like, I want to live a normal life with you. Mm-hmm. Which I guess implies death at a normal yeah. time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He used a lot of his souls as before mm-hmm. in the woods. So maybe he's running low. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hey, when you run low on souls. <laughs> gotta find the next soul station. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. I, know. I thought you were gonna say when you run, run when you're running low on souls, make soul soup, and I was like, that's not right. <laughs> I'm like, what makes soul soup? What it makes soup? Is that a is that a thing people say? <laughs> is it? I don't know. <laughs> it, it's definitely a, like a, a it may, maybe not like a uh, oh god, it might be like a what what are the not uh-huh. a euphemism. Uh, aphorism? Uh, yeah, possibly. <laughs> I don't know. There's something about making soup or something like that. Soul soup is a teenage soul. Soul? That's, that's Ling. <laughs> <laughs> He's living in soul soup. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it would be nice if, like, Hohenheim was able to, like, use his soul powers to help Edenel. I think it would be, like, poetic. But mm-hmm. I, Ed and Ed still doesn't seem like he wants to go that route, so that makes sense. Mm-hmm, but I yeah. think it would be nice if he did. Mm-hmm. Just throwing that out there. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't think that's gonna happen. Oh, I was also pissed off that Ed didn't give Winry her earrings back. Did he lose mm-hmm. them? This is important. I mean... Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, it was a little sad that we never got that scene. I think sm- mild spoilers. She has them back at like the very end of the series, so. I think he must have left them there. Maybe he left them in her room or something. That's my headcanon, mm. personal headcanon. He I think probably either he left them there, there or he kind of made it part of their like ongoing promise to himself. Like Maybe. Maybe he kept them. Like, I'll give them back when we come back safe or whatever. <laughs> yeah, maybe. As soon as Roy gives me that money to pay <laughs> interest, or, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. He does seem big on like dramatic, like, Gestures. emotional gesture promise type mm-hmm. things so. but also like and yeah. specifically with objects like he wanted yeah. to get a new coat he was like i need a new coat i need mm-hmm. to be prepared mm-hmm. this is our final battle and if, and i was like oh ed like yeah. when he did that oh honey because it does seem stupid mm-hmm. but yeah yeah it's i think he has some kind of i think it's just kind of like his character he has kind of a ritual about objects mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's why he has the pocket watch yeah most famously yes. before they before yeah. they went out yeah I mean, yeah. I think Hohenheim is right that he burned down the house because he was ashamed, but yeah, that's at least mm-hmm. the excuse that he made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, having having certain things that he keeps and then getting rid of certain things and like li- they very live a very minimal kind of life. So, 
mm-hmm. him having access to that coat or Winry's earrings or the pocket watch. I think those are things that are kind of important. Yeah. They're kind of like yeah. little little tokens or whatever. More esoteric bullshit. They remind him of yeah. his resolve. Yes. <laughs> also, I feel like, I don't know, it sounds so sinister when you like, he has access to her ear weave. Earrings. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> Access to the objects. Shrine. Yeah. <laughs> he has a shrine in his closet that's made out of bubble gum that he upper head. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Hey Arnold reference. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm not a weirdo. <laughs> like I didn't come up with that on my own. I didn't come up with that. A bunch of writers for a children's show came up with that. <laughs> Helga is also kind of sad, so you know, yeah. there's there's a whole tragedy about her character. Anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is our Hey Arnold podcast. I actually if think you're Hey Arnold's do a progressive it. cartoon. So yeah, yeah. So if you're gonna do a podcast great. about any uh, '90s children cartoon, that would be a good one. It would be a good oh, one. Oh yeah, a lot anyway, to analyze yeah. there <laughs> for sure. There's a lot to think mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of of Ed and Winry together mm-hmm. and growing old or whatever um something that i noticed um so you know olivier told her parents to leave because you know it's safer out of the country mm-hmm. um and that was more or less that that was a conversation it was like oh is that what you're planning mm. and then ed tells winry basically the same thing and she has this very childish naive response that you kind of typically see with ed and i wonder mm-hmm. if that's a sign that he's kind of growing and I'm not sure if maturing is the right word, but um, thinking more like an adult, more cold, cold, cold-hearted, logical, disillusioned. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. It's really like um, a like a childish versus mature kind of thing in their case. Like, I think like because the way it's framed is like is like it's supposed to be like a sign of like Ed kind of doubting himself and being unsure. Yeah. And Winry like refusing mm. to let him do that. That's fair. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that is disillusionment. I agree with mm-hmm. that. Yeah, just not like a, like, oh, he's yeah. so mature now kind yeah. of thing. Like, and Olivier lied fair. to her parents. I mean, she didn't She didn't say you need to get out because it's not safe. She. But I think the subtext with, with her talk with, with Armstrong is that's why. Mm-hmm. And like, that's like the adult sort of like, I feel like, uh, what was it? When they were talking about how Ed's resolve to not kill anyone is very childish but like mm-hmm. not mm. it, it just kind of made me think of like that sort yeah, of personality I, mean, I think you could call it like call it like naive in the same kind of like way that people talk about it with ed where it's like mm-hmm. like naive but kind of in a like positive way that people envy kind of way mm-hmm. yeah yeah naive but not necessarily in a in a bad way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah you mean in terms of like winry's reaction Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being, yeah. Being like, we can't leave now. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be fine. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think it is more like showing his doubts. That, yeah. Especially because he goes and buys the coat later or goes and gets the coat later. Like mm-hmm. he feels like he needs extra, an extra boost, you know, of confidence, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And how, like, after his little conversation with Greed, he, like, turns around and says, like, we're going to do this. So wait for mm-hmm. us rather than, like, his grumpy attitude yeah. earlier. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. There's a lot of uncertainty. Um especially from him. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. I liked Greed's kind of like um 
sassing that he gave where he was like, mm-hmm. you know, greed is no different than hope. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an interesting take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've always liked the whole, the whole like framing of like greed, especially. And I think there's some subtext with like the rest of the sins too. Which mm-hmm. is not as directly explored, but it's like, it's like, they're not bad things. Like mm-hmm. on the face of them. It's like, there's like good and bad things about it. And I think it makes yeah. a lot of sense that greed is the one who keeps like going away mm-hmm. from the flock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and greed is also like you yeah. humans are always trying to put like morals, you know, like rank things better than other that it's okay to mm-hmm. want better than other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's just an interesting alternate perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Ed being like, you have no moral compass or whatever, <laughs> yeah. questionable morals. Mm-hmm. But like that's the whole point. That's exactly what he's saying. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like him. Like, like his like. Sort of like praising Winry. It's like wants it all and not afraid to ask for it. I know. I was like, yeah, damn straight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Swinging a wrench, kicking people out of a room, <laughs> sassing Ed. That seems so ass. funny. It, the whole thing was funny. And just the like pile on of everyone coming into the room, <laughs> yelling at each other. Yeah, really good too. Yeah, first it's like the, they both scream because. <laughs> They both scream. Then it's like the one soldiers and the other soldiers in the den. And there's like this whole crazy fight between all of them, but not Ed and Winry. And she yeah. kicks them out. <laughs> that Ed and Winry fight. So good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As a side note, there's a funny um, four panel comic at the end of this volume. It has like Al getting to be hero for the day. And mm-hmm. this is like, it has like the, like the scene with the, Riza when they talked about the Ishmaelan War and it's just like paying late night visits to a single lady who's just gotten out of the bath and then it has the like scene with Winry and it's like exciting accidental encounters with childhood friends and it's like it's good to be and then it says like it's good to be the hero non-top, non-stop sexy times and then it has like Ed with the uh, metal pole through his abdomen he's like it's not all sexy times there's also stuff like this <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that Ed is so innocent that the scene with Risa is like not sexy times at all yeah. it's like mm-hmm. it's like older sister advice time that's yeah. what it is. <laughs> like, it's intimate, but that's the yeah. point. Like, know? I feel like he has, like, z- almost zero, like, awareness that the- of the fact that she just got out of the shower. Yeah, no, he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't notice at all. Yeah. I think he's just like, hey, yo, I brought your gun. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you some questions that are that are tough. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I like how he's just sitting eating a sandwich, and then Rudy's like, about to take off her shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and he just like stops with the sandwich like halfway to his mouth, just like he's staring. <laughs> and then she stops with the shirt halfway up and is like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. It's so good. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, when is she going to get her piercings back? Anyway, whatever. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do admire the consistency of her having the, um, no, she still doesn't the, have them. the holes in her ears without mm-hmm. the earrings, like in all the drawings. Mm hmm. In Resident Bull, I enjoyed, um, I like how they, I think I said last time I didn't notice that Scar and Marco weren't there until, like, <laughs> quite a long time mm, into the chapter. Yeah. <laughs> and they showed up, and I was like, hey, there they are. <laughs> They're back. Yeah. <laughs> but I also really enjoyed Yoki just, like, passed out on the ground in that one yeah. scene in the background. Which <laughs> 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 is really the only thing <clears throat> I had to say about that scene specifically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I like that they go meet the other Ishvalans. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. Scar's uh, Scar's master is back. I was like, "Yay, mm-hmm. it's master!" <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see them. Yeah, and I like how like like Scar's attitude has obviously been affected by like both his mm-hmm. interactions with Winry and his conversation with Miles in mm-hmm. Briggs, where he's talking about wanting to change the country. You know, 
Yeah, and he's like, I don't want to yeah. save this country. I'm trying to change it. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is a good point. They do have, there's a lot of talk about, like, saving a Amesterous. We gotta save a Amesterous. Yeah. But a Amesterous needs to save itself. Yeah. It's like, like Lior. <laughs> And like all the other places. <clears throat> yeah. So. It's like Mestris as it exists right now probably shouldn't be saved. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Save the, uh, the potential Mestris that's better than this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In order to change the world, you must first change yourself. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. <laughs> <laughs> Is this a song? I'm not on the level. It's a Michael Jackson song. <laughs> oh, no. I'm not super familiar with Michael Jackson's discography. <laughs> Hmm. It's like I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm mm. asking to change his ways. You want to make the world a better place? Look at yourself, change. Oh, <laughs> yeah! Wow, he really it's basically. It's basically that song, but uh, <laughs> that's what Scar was doing. He was singing that song. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jamming to Michael Jackson. <laughs> we briefly talked about the. Um, pride and gluttony encounter with Al and how it's creepy and how it's great, mm. but I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And I have a lot of concerns yeah. for Al, which is why I want to read and why oh. I'm mad that you didn't come on time to yeah. record. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I like that pride is like using his armor like a puppet. Like, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like recently Al's armor has become a very interesting story mechanic. It used to just be like, let's throw his head and make a spark or like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. it's awkward and big, or, like, we he's on the train and he's cargo with the sheep, and, like, it's funny. Yeah. But now, recently, it's, like, um, I feel like... I was trying to remember something else that that happened, but... They had to disassemble it. Yeah. They put uh, a fake person... There was, what, fake fake. Oh, yeah, they made Al. fake Al. Right. They, so mm-hmm. there was fake Al. Mm-hmm. And then also, like, when he's kind of, like, in and out of, like, quote-unquote consciousness or whatever, like, mm-hmm. the eyes glow or they don't. Like, the dead giveaway when Pride the pride owl comes out of the woods is like the eyes are all dark, you know, mm-hmm. like when Al is mm. kind of like there consciously, the eyes are like glowing. Yeah. yeah. And in this case, you can see like the shadow coming out, like just leaking out and stuff like that. And it looked like the, when he's walking away, like the armor was like clanging. Like it seemed like it was like not the way that Al normally moves is what's implied, mm-hmm. you know, to me, at least there was mm-hmm. like little clang sound effects like when the dude was wearing the Al's armor, you know, the mm-hmm. fake Al armor <laughs> and struggling. Yeah. yeah. Like Pride obviously doesn't know what Al um like walks like. I think it's funny that Pride has a little boy's voice and so that probably sounds like Al's voice. Yeah. Can probably impersonate <laughs> Al's voice. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I was kind of like how come they don't know and then I thought about it for a second and I was like, "Oh yeah, like well Pride's also a child so that like that works out, right?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least in the anime the anime adaptations al has a child's voice like tends yeah. to have a high-pitched voice and like a more like a sounding like a younger voice as opposed to ed so yeah. mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense that pride could imitate that easily i think yeah mm-hmm. since he imitates another a child that... every day i mean <laughs> <laughs> um another thing that i found interesting was i thought i was a little confused because you know they have mentioned how pride has a container in the tunnels mm-hmm but he also has his, his body, which I thought was, you know, like, had to remain in Central. But I'm pretty sure that they're out in the East, so I guess he his body has a bit more freedom than that. I think yeah, it has I don't to think remain... If he wants to go in the... Yeah, I think it's just that his shadows have to be near his body or in the tunnels. Uh, yeah, maybe. It's not necessarily that his body needs to stay oh, okay. in Central. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I mean, that was just how I always interpreted it, but I guess I guess that was, yeah. Well, Hohenheim was he like, you that. can't go any farther. But yeah, I guess maybe it's just a range thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe it doesn't have to do with, yeah. if he moves closer to the east, maybe he could go farther. Maybe he could have gone in the tunnel where Hohenheim was, but mm-hmm. I kind of interpreted it as being like a very large geographical area. It might just be that he is able to be in that area right now. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it seems like he couldn't go past where Hohenheim was, even though... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was interpreted as, like, a range yeah. from the main body. Where he... Yeah. Yeah. The shadows can only go so far. They can only yeah. zoop so far. Mm-hmm. I see. <laughs> yeah, that's possible. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Gluttony's carrying him around Imagine while he's, a world like, with unlimited now, zoops. I think, so. Unlimited zoops. <laughs> yeah. Imagine all yeah. Some really, um... Really... <laughs> There's some really nice <laughs> dynamic panels in the uh, the fight with uh, Al Gluttony and Pride. I loved mm-hmm. it. I'm mm-hmm. Arakawa's re- like that high contrast style. Mm-hmm. It works so this, well whenever Pride's it, in the scene. It's so good, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's so creepy once Pride is in Al, and also like um, it's I think it's creepy when uh, um, I'm just trying to remember. Oh. Like when the little hands are like near Al's uh, soul seal, I was like, yeah. "Oh no! Oh no! 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 No!" Like, mm-hmm. and I guess the shadows are like in Al. It's very interesting. I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Even like yeah. the like when Gluttony first shows up on the top of the gate, it's like it's a really nice like almost mm-hmm. a Dutch angle, I guess, because it's like from below while mm-hmm. Al's looking up, and then like when mm-hmm. the shadow when yeah pride sitting on gluttony's shoulder and the shadows are dragging out toward him just really nicely yeah, composed so panels yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and of course the big one where the shadows start like come to life and the one mm-hmm. the one at the very end of the chapter where it's like looking down into al's armor and you can see like the eyes and the mouth and stuff and i like that yeah. pride's eyes fill in the gaps where like his eyes eye holes yeah. are mm-hmm. yeah it's creepy yeah. i also like how like when al first quote unquote al first shows up in the woods with that and the others it's like he's standing at like the very edge where the shadows are yeah like, he doesn't come fully into the he light pops out of the shadows mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know it's suspicious yeah he's like hey come a little closer to the shadows like if someone tells you that don't follow them yeah but i think ed i just wants to believe that it's al he hasn't seen him mm-hmm. in months and months yeah. right so you know i get it but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah no and even still he's like something's not quite right you sure you're okay yeah. buddy mm-hmm. <laughs> and is it you think it's yeah, it's Ling breaking through, right? Mm-hmm. Freaking out. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Because I forgot that he can sense the souls. Yeah. Right. But so... Greed, Greed could have two, but Greed didn't say anything, at least. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know I don't know how, how keen his senses are on the homunculus now. He could probably sense the others. I don't know. Maybe oh, not. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It does seem like uh, like Ling like takes over pretty quickly once mm-hmm. he's over there. Um, this is something we never like fully discussed, but um, Arakawa does tend to draw um, with Greedling. Um, when Greed's in control, the uh, right eye is covered by his bangs, and when Ling's mm-hmm. in control, the left eye is covered. What? Oh, that's so fucking cool. Yeah, it's obviously not. It's not a hundred percent because sometimes just the like direction they're facing yeah. makes yeah. it impossible. But it's fairly Toss consistent. A yeah. Ling, <laughs> in a tree. Stop! <laughs> Greed has to be there too. So yeah, so it's like on the left. It's on the left, and then when he says "get away from him," it's on the right. Yeah, or whatever you know, Ling's left, mm-hmm. but our right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. 
It's, I think you can always tell when it's Ling because he looks so strained. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why I was like, mm-hmm. why is he freaking out? Why is Greed freaking out? You yeah. know? Because <laughs> it's Ling. Yeah, that, that's why. But, yeah, that along with the fact that, um, like, Pride is saying that, like, and you've allowed a human to take over your body. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, but I mean, that could get, be general, get... but, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the fact that the, the, uh, the bangs have moved is a, a good indication <laughs> at that point. <laughs> yeah, I never yeah. noticed that. Yeah, That's it's cool. a mm-hmm. it's a cool detail. I like that. Mm-hmm. It's so creepy when he comes out of the woods, out of the dark. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would love to see, like a true horror. In this style, mm-hmm. with just 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 with with her ability to use the shadows Ask and things like. Yeah. Hey, can you make a horror <laughs> comment, <Yeah>. please? <laughs> like Silver Spoon is great and all, but yeah, I need, I need more drama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I guess we talk about the military. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not okay with Father grabbing Olivier's shoulder, just yeah. for the record. Yeah, what is up with her shoulder? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the creeps mm-hmm. want to grab Olivier's shoulder. It's unacceptable. Mm-hmm. I do like while she's like sitting there calmly like, you fucking idiots, while everyone's freaking yes. out. <laughs> she's like, mm-hmm. I should make my move. And then it's like hand on shoulder, and it's like, yeah. <laughs> not okay. <laughs> yeah. I feel like father's like creepy i mean they know i think like risa specifically commented that the homunculi have like a creepy presence mm-hmm. where like even she can tell mm-hmm. there's something like fucked up about them you know mm-hmm. i bet mm-hmm. olivier can kind of i mean i feel like they're probably off they probably have a really freaky vibe you know yeah i mean yeah. her eyes widen before she even sees them like mm-hmm. they're standing behind her mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. yep so i assume that that's what that's from but yeah I was thinking about it, and I was just like, maybe she's. I just like Olivier, and she shouldn't be grabbed by random creeps. This is yeah. not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Not acceptable. <laughs> I enjoyed the scene with her and Roy. Mm-hmm. I like that she's completely unfazed. She acts completely unfazed by the note. Yeah. And I do like that she was like, I slightly prefer you over Alex <laughs> to own this house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I suspect that they'll be using the empty house for something. Mm-hmm. Based on Roy's comments, because mm. Roy's not as good at hiding his shit as Olivier is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wow, you could like definitely fit a whole giant secret army in here, wink, wink. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I love we'll their little like, like facade of a conversation where like he like says something annoying, so she has a reason to like throw the flowers in the mm-hmm. fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They definitely have a good uh, system. Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 So I guess there's a, there's probably a reason for repairing the Armstrong house, which is why they didn't. In my mind, I decided to call it Armstrong Manor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just throwing that out mm-hmm. there. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of like what I've instinctively called it too. And I'm like, I don't know if it fits the like legal definition of a manor, but eh, Armstrong <laughs> yeah. Manor does sounds it, good. <laughs> does it have an estate or whatever? Is that what yeah. you're worried about? <laughs> it's a huge. It's a huge house. It should be called a manor, in yeah. my opinion. The Armstrong Manor. Armstrong Hill House. Yeah. <laughs> the haunting of Armstrong Hill House. Be a very loud haunting. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're like, wow, you have a really loud poltergeist. <laughs> like this chain rattling skill has been passed down the Armstrong line for generations. <laughs> like, shut up. <laughs> Just like annoyance from the ghost. Yeah, exactly. Like you're not scared, you're just annoying. Yeah. 
I saw a really good uh, Tumblr post that was like, maybe she's born with it, or maybe it's passed down the Armstrong line for generations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes. Uh. <laughs> anyway, I enjoyed their exchange, and I guess something's going to happen at the house, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then they showed, I like that they showed Risa and Breda and Fury. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, look at them. Fury's yep. still alive. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> And Riza is like getting, putting so many guns, got so many <laughs> guns ready. <laughs> She's like, it's not actually cold out. I'm just wearing this jacket for more guns. <laughs> I, need, I need room for more guns. <laughs> I don't want people to be able to see all my guns. <laughs> and like loose pants. There's probably guns there too. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but I was like, yay, they're there. They're getting ready too. <laughs> Can't believe. So. Well, hmm? And like Dragon Ball Z, like uh, you know, the the characters will we- wear these weighted clothes that are like five hundred pounds a ton, and that's what Riza does. She just weighs herself down with guns for training purposes. <laughs> then when she takes the guns off, she can go super fast, right? That's how it works. Not only do I know math, I also know sports. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about the train. Yeah, I did too, actually. Uh-huh. Go, you go first. So. Okay, the train was going from Risenbull to Central, right? That's another math problem. Let's say it was going 60 miles per hour huh? for like three hours and then it stopped. What the if, explosive had, you know. What if there was sheep on board? Is it a laden train speed? Yeah. <laughs> I'm really glad you literally just brought up math too. I helped you make your joke. I'm proud of myself. Yes, thank you. I think Kayla, Kayla immediately called you out on it too. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if the fear is dead or not. He theoretically has one soul left, right? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Uh, he, there's only one left. He doesn't know if it's his or if it's the Philosopher's Stone, but there's only one, right? Mm-hmm. So, so uh, he could be dead, I guess, in theory. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I think he has a special eye and his special powers. <laughs> yeah. So he might not be, but mm-hmm. I'm intrigued nonetheless. Yeah. It's pretty impressive that they got him to a place where they could blow him up even if he's not dead like yeah i know yeah they certainly gave mm-hmm. him a, a blow it'll certainly take him a while to yeah <laughs> get from there to somewhere where he can start causing problems or you know interfering mm-hmm. with the plans again so mm-hmm. they definitely at least delayed him if not destroyed him so yeah, yeah. it would be intriguing mm-hmm. roy's old uh, war buddies are back yay yeah yeah when i saw that one dude with the the dark hair and the pointy face i was like am i supposed to know this yeah person but it's a good thing in the t- in the t- i asked kayla before we started who were those people because i thought they were the like use well people and i missed i just missed the dialogue where they said they were roy's old battalion so mm-hmm. from they were roy's buddies from the war so yeah mm-hmm. they it's nice They're using That's his nice. uh, greatest talent which is making people want to follow him <laughs> Apparently, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, he helped them, so now they're helping him. Mm-hmm. Yes. I wonder what... Well, actually, no. No, I don't wonder what they were doing. I was going to say I wondered what Scar and Marco were doing, but um, mm. it did make sense that they were going to... I was like, everywhere they go... There's a lot of Ishvalan refugee camps, which totally makes sense. But yeah, it's like everywhere they go, they, they always end up in some kind of a place with Ishvalan refugees and now it all kind of makes sense. Like it's like they were targeting those places almost mm-hmm. to go and talk to mm-hmm. people and start bringing people together, you know, mm-hmm. at least that's my assumption. Mm-hmm. 
in addition to being good places to hide, probably. Because yeah. yeah. specifically, they were like, oh, you don't think we're journeying all this time around everywhere for nothing or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's nice that Marco went with Scar. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah. Good justice. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying mm-hmm. to help. Mm-hmm. I feel like Marco's really made a turn for the better. Yep. You know? He was able to destroy Envy, which is great. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or, yes. well, partially destroy, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Significantly reduce. Yeah. Envy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wonder what'll happen with May. We didn't see her this time. No. It's like, and she's oh, yeah. still walking to Central to this day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's like a whole side story of like all the hijinks May got into mm-hmm. on the way to Central. <laughs> it's like May and Ep. May and Envy, where they like they're sharing like a a like a soda together. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> You know, uh, in like a paddle boat and sightseeing, taking funny, funny pictures at like those stands where you poke your head through. Right? By sharing That's a soda, you mean she just poured some soda down the straw on top <laughs> of a bee? I was thinking, I was thinking that she al- opens the top to allow Envy to have some soda. <laughs> but yeah, maybe, maybe this, there's just an extended version of the straw that goes into the soda. <laughs> Then they're on the Ferris wheel, and the fireworks go. They're about to confess, but then somebody interrupts them. <laughs> no? Are you waiting Is for that... someone to stop you? <laughs> <laughs> I could keep going. Do you want me to? <laughs> While I need to be stopped, I'm not waiting. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't see... It. When is Lanfon going to come back, guys? <sighs> Spoilers. You better not be never. Okay, good. Oh, is it good? I don't, <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> yeah. As I mean, I, said, there's a, I think everybody like, has remember... to come back at some point. Mm-hmm. Like all the main yeah. characters have to come back. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you'll we'll be, be happy pretty soon. Yay, lawn fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's only really one part that I really like. I definitely remember between now and like the final final, and that's it. That's I really, good. I really don't. Remember. So now you're you're yeah. we're in like new territory together almost. <laughs> yeah. Word. Actually, Kayla uh, spoiled this ep- episode for me a couple episodes back because I had forgotten about this. Because mm. I, I don't, I, we probably cut it out. Um, but I was talking about how I don't remember Ed's or Al like. Yeah, you were talking his about his consciousness, and you couldn't spell consciousness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I but, definitely um, cut out what happened to for the audience for sure. Mm-hmm. This was mm-hmm. a, like a long. They didn't want to spoil me, so there was a long like twenty minutes of them chat, like n- maybe not twenty minutes, maybe like ten minutes, of yeah. them texting like we each other, texting <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> about what they could say. And then in the end, it turned out to be something that definitely wasn't a spoiler. <laughs> At least not. She's like, discussed. I don't remember if it like has any relevance going forward. I was like, I think it's most relevant when this Pride thing takes happens. over his body, and he's like, I don't remember. Yeah, yet. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> You're like you don't. It's I. I don't think I could ever forget this. Yeah, did I you don't, see I his don't know. face? <laughs> it was. <laughs> did you see his shadow hands? The zoops cause him the zoops. How could you forget the zoops? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's fine. It must be exciting. I feel like. Yeah. When we, I mean, it's 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 a different type of excitement to experience something again. Mm-hmm. When you know that it's coming, like when you can anticipate it, and you're like, oh my God, this part's coming. Oh, it's going to be so good when I get mm-hmm. to read that, mm-hmm. as opposed to completely not knowing anything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like getting secondhand enjoyment out of your um, 
screaming spoiler free reactions (laughs) (laughs) and being like oh she knows a thing she read the dialogue and sees that there will be troops in the (laughs) armstrong's house or whatever (laughs) (laughs) that father and uh hohenheim are are the the philosophers from the east and west or whatever Mm -hmm. my my predictions I'm really enjoying this, actually, still, because it's a great series, and I have no idea what's going to mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you read stuff, you can kind of tell <clears throat> where the story is like going, or how it's going to go, mm-hmm. and who's going to do what sometimes. You're like, oh, this character's like the brave one, so they're going to be doing this. Or like, I feel like yeah. with the story, it's very difficult to predict in a good way. Mm-hmm. Some things, but like, I don't fucking know. I have no clue what's going to yeah, happen I feel like with it's the like... troops, and mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like this story is really good at being like, oh my god, I never guessed that, but it makes so much sense. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a great mm-hmm. plan. This is this plan to take over Al's body is perfect. Why didn't mm-hmm. they do this sooner? It's so good. <laughs> I mean, maybe they're just waiting for like the right time or whatever, and they maybe they didn't know where Ed was, and now they know where he is or whatever, something like that, but mm-hmm. so good. Oh, I guess mm-hmm. they didn't know where Al was either for a while, but mm-hmm. it's a great plan. Plus, Pride had to go and harass people in the tunnel, I guess, so yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. He needed, anyway. uh, he needed the excuse of going with his father to yeah. see the training. <laughs> yeah. Because he's a tiny, tiny child. He can't just be like, bye, mom, I'm going out east. <laughs> <laughs> Laters. <laughs> I guess he doesn't have magical tra- like transportation powers of his little child body. He can mm-hmm. zoop around as a shadow. Yeah. But mm-hmm. And even then, the shadow has kind of limited speed it's not like magic like they were able to outrun or like you know partially outrun the shadow mm-hmm. in the tunnel like the briggs troops were kind of able to outrun the shadow mm-hmm. briefly and stuff so yeah like yeah. he's not invincible but um or not kind yeah, i was gonna say not magical he's magical but not in that way i guess yeah <laughs> oh it's a train perfect timing mm-hmm. well so speaking of trains um I don't, we've talked about before how like trains have been symbolic of things in the past in the show i don't remember why (laughs) but i remember i remember talking about them being used very creatively and there's a lot of trains in this episode and i'm wondering if there's maybe something i missed maybe something you guys can pick up about them or is it just a convenient trains are around it's a thing (laughs) I'm thinking about your question. I'm also trying to decide when mm-hmm. we talked about trains being symbolic before, if that's a thing that we did. We talked about them yeah, manipulating we... the train, like there's like fights on the train, like you know, like Ed and Al transmuted the mm-hmm. train. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was just that we talked about uh, chapters often opening up at train stations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Maybe that's what it was, and I thought that, that was metaphorical. Cool. <laughs> thing in the series, mm-hmm. although you could read some symbolism into these like military branded trains, like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the military symbols on them. Mm-hmm. The train the, does look driving through the rural town and they're trying to get rid of it and then they blow up yeah. the military train with the Fuhrer on it. <laughs> yeah. The train the train that pulls into Resin Bull is kinda of whack looking. It's very like pointy. It looks it's yeah, not like a I passenger train. That. I mean yeah, it's, it's a military a, it's train. Aggressive. Right? <laughs> it's aggressive. It's mm-hmm. aggressive. I'm just going back to look at it. Um are there special symbols on the Führer's train? I wouldn't be surprised if that was not a, if that was a thing. I think it's the same as the regular military train. They've all got the, um, oh, yeah, the dragon is... on the front. The dragon lion thing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The thingy. Mm-hmm. 
The symbol of a mistress. Yeah. The ligand. Ligand. <laughs> <laughs> like his looks a little. His looks a little different, but it's still just got the uh, the mistress symbol on it. The locomotive is round. The mm -hmm. it's in the the other one that pulls into the station is all pointy. Yeah, it looks more like an armored kind of train. Maybe it is. Maybe Originally, that's why, because they're all in it. It's a bunch of soldiers moving in it, so they probably would yeah. want it to be. And maybe his is more like ceremonial. Yeah. Mm. It was cute how the Briggs troops are like smuggling Alan Winry across the country. I know. <laughs> I know. And then they drop them off. Well, Al's just like chilling, mm -hmm. but yeah. Did we talk about like Ed and Hohenheim that much? Oh my God, and... no, we didn't. Oh. Yeah, I know we did a little yeah, bit we while we were doing the summer. Yeah, yeah. we did, yeah. but not not uh, more than that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hohenheim is so sad. Mm -hmm. My yeah. notes is all Hohenheim. Yeah, it's really, it's really <laughs> funny to like, kind of compare like your feelings about like as a reader, like toward Hohenheim, yes. like from the last time Ed and Hohenheim met to this time, because mm -hmm. he was still so weird and mysterious and mm -hmm. unsettling back then. Mm -hmm. But now you're just like, oh, he's so sad. Yeah, the whole thing is sad. <laughs> yeah. I do enjoy that Ed punched him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's been that's been waiting to happen for a long time. <laughs> I know. Oh Ever yeah. Since Al was like, <laughs> he'll probably just punch him in the face. <laughs> like... mm -hmm. However, I did also enjoy the other the Camaros being like, "Why are you being so mean to your dad?" WTF, bro. Like, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and he's like, "Shut up. <laughs> I have my mm -hmm. reasons or whatever." But mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I hope that they can. What's the word? Reconcile. I hope they can reconcile. Mm -hmm. I almost said reunite, yeah. and I was like, "Well, they did that. That's not. Yeah. <laughs> that's not what I meant." <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're definitely doing better this time than last time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like how Hohenheim, like, like the same thing, like with Al. He's just kind of like happy to be like mm -hmm. having yeah. a decent conversation with his with his son. Mm -hmm. Like when it's all like it's like it's not like a need your help. He's just like, okay, mm -hmm. whatever your motivations are, I'm glad we're doing it together. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Al was like, Al said that he trusted Hohenheim, basically, mm -hmm. and that made him happy. Oh, yeah. And then in this case, Ed is like, we wouldn't, we wouldn't use the Philosopher's Stone that's made with innocent people. And he's like, oh, that makes me happy. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. that was nice. Yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, my sons are decent human beings and I wasn't mm -hmm. there to raise them. That's nice, right? Yeah. yeah I don't know. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's what it seems like, at least. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he's so sad. Oh, there he is crying again. <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> I still like that Ed is just like, yo, Granny told me to tell you mom's last words. Here's what they are. And then he yeah. like starts sobbing and Ed is like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, what did you think was going to happen? Mm -hmm. but... Yeah. But it's I think just... Ed still thinks of him as being a bad yeah. guy or whatever. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. 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 It's just such a good, like, crying expression. Like, both those panels. Mm -hmm. Like, it's yeah. just so well drawn. <laughs> it's very pained. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I think there might be something to it like that he's looking up. I don't know. Just mm -hmm. I think, you know, when you see like really like tr truly sad, I feel like you're often looking down. Um, but like it's kind of, um, I don't know. I, to me, this is a little bit of a mix, like pained, but also kind of happy in some way. Maybe getting like closure, at least a little bit about, you know, Trisha's last words and things like that. And. He is reunited with his son, so I don't know. Yeah, I think he it's is more of like, a happy sad than a like the fact that he says like you still believe that I would come and join you later, like. Mm hmm. Like there's some like a like like she didn't lose faith in him like mm -hmm. in her last moments kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure if I interpret that as being like well, and also that she 
believe that he would be able to like accomplish his goals i guess mm-hmm. of dying as you said yeah. <laughs> earlier mm-hmm. you know that they would be able to like live a natural life together mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so yeah it seems like that's kind of what their promise was to like grow old mm-hmm. and die together mm-hmm. which is why she's like i couldn't keep my promise we're going i'm going ahead mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i feel like hohenheim well hohenheim left did he say he said why he left right he wanted he was gonna go try to I think he was well, I like know. I think he started to research like how to like like regain like a normal human like body. And then mm-hmm. like while he was doing the research he discovered father's plans and was like, That's son mm-hmm. of a bitch, now I have to go yeah. and do something about <laughs> this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that right. Because he did okay. he, he didn't he didn't expl- it didn't explicitly say what he left for. He just told Trisha that he was leaving mm-hmm. and or whatever. We yeah. only saw like dialogue where she was like, Oh, like you know, come back soon or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, yeah it does implied like that a... she knew what the situation was. Mm-hmm. Just that, like... Yeah, she seemed cool with the whole thing. Yeah. As opposed to Ed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Being like, you left her! You left us! How dare mm-hmm. you! Which is true, but... Yeah. He had things to do, like, stop Amestris from being completely mm-hmm. <laughs> turned into a philosopher's stone. Yeah. So. I really love the whole, like, like handling of the Hohenheim, like, storyline in the series, because, like, like mm-hmm. you have a lot of shows that have the like oh their dad left but he had a good reason and it's usually something stupid but it's like yeah one of them actually has a pretty damn good reason <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but at the same time it's like they still acknowledge that like yeah that kind of fucked his kids up and mm-hmm. like yeah and like they don't like shame like you know you have the the chimeras kind of teasing him in this episode but like they don't like shame ed for being mad at him for it or anything like that's totally like mm-hmm. that's acknowledged as like a totally valid feeling uh-huh. to have <laughs> But they're like, he seems like a nice guy. Like, that's the yeah. thing. <laughs> Rather than... Like, if Hohenheim was an asshole, we would know by now. Like, you know? Yeah. And it's just that the interesting thing is that Ed sees him that way. And we're led to believe that he's that way very early in the story. But then once mm-hmm. there's that, like, the chapter with him, the flashback with, like, him and Trisha, like, you know that he's just trying to do things so that he can have, like, a normal life and protect mm-hmm. his family and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he the fact that he didn't I mean, I don't know. Like I feel like Ed probably would still be mad even if he had explained that to him as a tiny child. Like Yeah. Well they were very tiny when he left. Yeah, like, yeah they would have been. <laughs> I mean I guess it would, if Trisha could, like told them as they well, they were growing older maybe, mm-hmm. but like Well Hohenheim asks yeah. them not to ask her not to tell them about his body. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. Was it the right choice? I don't know. We'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. But Al is fine. Al is like, I feel like Al is more willing to try to reconcile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I think has, Ed, but... like, it's both to do with just Al's personality compared to Ed's, yes. but also the fact that, like, Al was so young, he, like, doesn't even remember doesn't know him. Hohenheim, whereas Ed has some yeah. memories of Hohenheim and the fact that he left them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think Ed also believes that he was distant when he was with them, too, mm-hmm. because he was doing his research all the time and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like yeah. Ed's Ed's opinions have always been acknowledged as valid, mm-hmm. but at the same mm-hmm. time, it's like kind of so slack. He's just a dude. Yeah. His wife, beloved <laughs> yeah. wife, died. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. anyway, and he's trying to do the right thing, but it's very hard. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess we'll see what happens in the story. Mm-hmm. Yep. Does anybody have any other things they'd like to say? about these chapters? I don't think so. I don't think so. 
They were good. <laughs> did, did we say that? Yeah, yeah it's I liked it. <laughs> it packed a lot into these two chapters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I was filling out my, like, list of, like, discussion bullet points. I'm like, well, there's a lot for this chapter. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So next week, we are be doing 86, 87, and 88. Whoa. Oh, my God, another three. Holy three? cow. Yep. I didn't even know. I wasn't paying attention to the schedule. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but nice. I got a couple more uh, of three three-parters toward the end of the series. But mm. Well, that's good. This no, is I one read a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, you get to read yeah. three, three whole chapters. I mean, I could read more. Yeah. It's just more fun to read it every week and react mm-hmm. to it every week. I agree, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a little sad knowing what happened in the future. <laughs> when, like, I'm glad <laughs> I've forgotten everything. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it it was kind of a struggle sometimes because you'd be like, oh, I want to talk about this thing. Mm-hmm. For the brief period mm-hmm. of time where I was like ahead because we were recording that uh, guest episode. No, I'm not. Yeah. Now I can enjoy it as it mm-hmm. happens. So, yeah, yeah. Good, good. Okay, good. Well, I'm excited. Yay. Yeah. All right. I'll see y'all. Well, oh, no, we did talk about what we're reading already. Yes. Okay, wow. <laughs> Literally just now. <laughs> yep. Yes. Well, I, we're just not doing our normal outro, are we? What is our outro? Oh, Kayla God. Goes, Do we have one? Well, thanks for thank listening. you all for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs> and then you guys say, oh, yeah, that's it. Bye. bye. <laughs> and I say, bye-bye. Bye. Uh, okay, bye. <laughs> and then Ellen edits it. <laughs> I do. <laughs> and then I put it up on, on, on the places where it goes so that people can listen. So she brought me food. I'm going to probably be a little quiet on the um, during the uh, recap. You're going to have but. to unmute to laugh at Kayla's jokes, yes, obviously. Yes, I will. <laughs> I'm not a terrible friend, okay? I know how to, I know how to <laughs> social etiquette on the internet. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do our usual thing, do our summary recap, and then uh, discuss all the thing after thing that happened. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <clears throat> there he goes. <laughs> for their patrons 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 patreons what do they call them i don't know patrons <laughs> patrons <laughs> on their patreon on their patreon <laughs> second i like third and fourth guest myself i was like what do they call it like patrons patrons patreons well patrons. some people <laughs> that doesn't excuse you for trespassing in my bedroom <laughs> when we wheel so much Wait, jesus christ too many w's Henry yes. wields the wrench. You did it again. You I know. Something, something I write something that looks good <laughs> that it's really hard to say. <laughs> like, that sounds great in my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Winry wields the wrench once, once more, too, is kind of a W sound. <laughs> you know. Winry wields the... Jesus, I'm never going to say it. <laughs> Winry, Winry wields the wrench once more. So here's the thing. You say it slowly, and Ellen will edit it so it makes it sound like you said it just super <laughs> when fast. Wheels the yeah. wrench. Yes. <laughs> just that. Yeah, just to edit in like Apple speak saying my <laughs> line. <laughs> when Rui wheels the wrench once more. I did it, but I really had to focus. Yeah. Let me try it one more time. I'm trying to figure out the math because we did. So it should be yeah, close to a year. So because we did a couple we also three, have some, 
we've got several triples in that one yeah. uh, quadruple one, so it's shorter than that a little bit. Yeah, I forgot that because I was multiplying twenty six by two. Uh, <laughs> Why are you wait. multiplying twenty six by two? Because that's how many chapters we do. Oh you get no! The there's fifty two. <laughs> there's there's fifty two weeks in a year, buddy. 50, I was I was counting twenty six. Okay, that's where my issue was. We don't do this every pay period. <laughs> 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 your paycheck and your podcast episode yeah <laughs> yeah the other way around two times 52 That's two like times 52 uh, 104 okay. four and there's so if we... there's a couple of chapters seven right and we started the chapters in... october or was yeah, it october. september it was october 3rd mm-hmm. oh yeah okay well i'm ready to start <laughs> all right i have my any <laughs> hey, more I... math questions <laughs> I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't we fail at math last episode? Yeah, we did. I can't remember why we were doing that. Oh, it's a train. Perfect timing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, now that train is going 60 miles per hour. <laughs> <laughs>